What's up? Welcome back to another episode of Dan and the Creators. Today, our creator is a very, very, very rad dude that I have tons of respect for. His name's Jack Funk. He is a tour manager. Uh, he has been TMing uh, a band called Dashboard Confessional for the past 17 years. He's got a crazy, crazy cool list of other bands that he's worked with, and he's been doing it for forever. It's been all over the world, and he is the coolest TM that I'll ever know. Anyways, welcome. <laughs> yo, yo, appreciate it. How you doing? Good, man. Doing good. So pumped to have you here. So, uh, just thank you kinda, very much. Yes, uh, just kind. So to pick up, we were talking earlier before we got going. We were kind of talking about. I mean, it's kind of elephant in the room. I'm trying not to constantly talk about fucking Corona, but it is what it is. Uh, it is. A, it is a big elephant. It is a big, big elephant. Big, big elephant. Big poops. Um, yeah, it's but, the shits. <laughs> but basically, we were talking about like, so you were on tour and you had two weeks left, was it right? We did. We had two weeks of shows left. Jeez. And so as you were on tour, you were telling me everything slowly started getting canceling, but you guys were in New York and then you ended up getting not you didn't get stuck there, but you ended up having to come back and everything else got canceled. Right. We did. We uh, we had a couple days off there. Chris had some press, some, you know, some videos and stuff and some press to do. So we got all that done. Then we had two shows at the Webster Theater, which went great. Uh, not a lot of. Uh, not a lot of no-shows, really, from the coronavirus, but there were people that were questioning whether they should come. So there were there were some people that didn't come. And then we got the shows done. That On the second show, we started – stuff started really going downhill. You know, you started – we started hearing about, you know, D.C. putting into effect, um, you know, no large gatherings. Boston did the same thing. Jeez. Philly was getting ready to do it. So we were – we were wondering what was going to happen by the end of the second show. You know, we got notification from our agents and from our managers that those three particular cities that was going to go into effect, which was in the middle of our next two weeks. So the shows before and after weren't affected yet, but the shows in the middle were. So what, what do you, what do you do in that 10 days? Because they were all multiple shows. There was three in three in Boston, two in Philly, two in DC. So what do you do in that, in that 10 day period? You can't yeah. just, you can't just sit somewhere. So, you know, we said, okay, what do we do? So we decided to stop. Well, we didn't have a choice. They said, you can't do those shows because there's no large gathering. So we weren't going to do them. They said, we could possibly pick back up in Orlando. And then, so we went to New Jersey. We're going to do the New Jersey show. That day, then they said, okay, New Jersey's going to cancel. So we're like, oh, God, here we go. So we started <laughs> heading back. To, so we started heading back to Nashville on the bus. Yeah, yeah. And then, then the world just fell into the trench. Then everything started canceling. By the time we got home, I don't think there was a tour left on the road. People were, you know, there were people were coming back from Europe. People were trying to scramble to get on flights. There was getting ready to be a travel ban coming back from Europe. I mean, it was just a nightmare. We actually it's got back one of those things Saturday early Saturday morning, got the gear unloaded and got parked. And by Saturday evening, I don't think there was a tour left on the road. That's crazy. Did, did you is. have kind of that feeling of like a storm kind of slowly swelling in behind you as you like rush to get home? Was it that kind of vibe? 
I mean, I, I did, but I didn't really think it was going to get this bad that quick. Mm. You know, I thought we were kind of kind of in the middle of it. And it was just, I thought it was really going to be a little bit of a softer going. But I was definitely not prepared for it to, to crash and burn like it did. Yeah. It really was, I was like, wow, I was blown away that, like, literally the whole entertainment industry came to a screeching halt at once. Yeah, it's crazy. So <clears throat> we the one thing that we were kind of mentioning was like, I mean, everyone is, I feel like, especially Nashville, right? Because we just had the tornado and now this, and there's just so much like essentially PTSD happening. Like, and most people only have the capacity right now to deal with what's in front of us because it's a lot. Uh, but we were talking about like what happens to the industry in the next, what, six months, nine months, a year? Yeah, I mean, it could go to a year, couldn't it? Yeah. Well, it's like, what, what, in your opinion, what are some of the, or I don't know, what are some of the things in your hemisphere that you feel like you'll have to deal with in the next six months or so, even? I mean, like, just in the short term, just putting all this to rest, you know, canceling gear, canceling hotels, canceling buses, can't, you know, canceling everything for the, which in mind for the two weeks, which is short term which is fairly easy, uh, which we can get out of most of it. But for the long term, I mean, you know, I I fear that a lot of bands are going to go bankrupt. I feel a lot of the mom and pop audio lighting companies, smaller travel agents are going to go bankrupt because who knows when it's going to pick back up. And when it does pick back up, when's it going to be? Is it going to be June? Hopefully, maybe. Is it going to be later? Is it going to be August, September, October? When it does, every band that canceled is going to have to try and get back into the same slots. So every band in the world is going to try and get back into, is it October, September, November? They're all going to try and get back in there. So all the booking agents are going to have to scramble to get everybody back into this, into their slots. So the bands that weren't selling the smaller bands. So if you were, if you were, if you were playing in the, in a, in a smaller venue somewhere and you only sold 200 tickets at X date, another band is coming in who sold it out you're not going to get put back in that rotation till maybe 2021 brutal hopefully you're still so, a band by then, right yeah is that band going to be able to survive then yeah you know, is wow. that mom and pop company that gave them lighting and audio going to be able to survive then is that that those people that helped them you know on the road with vans and travel and all that going to still be there to help them yeah maybe not crazy I mean, there's like, 200,000 people in our industry that are sitting around right now doing nothing and not earning any money. Dude, that's so bonkers. It and I, I feel like <clears throat> I feel like a lot of people are becoming kind of more cognizant and aware of, like, how can I help my neighbor or whatever, like, get ordering Postmates and this and that, which is awesome. Is it like, I mean, just me, like, I haven't been on the road in a while now. Like, what besides like what is something that like I could do to support like I don't know that mom and pop venue is that even a thing like is there a way to do that or god you know know. that's that's a that's a good question I mean I guess we should dabble into that more and see if there is a way we can help them I know how we can help the musicians by buying their music (laughs) right yeah you know that's a because a lot of those a lot of those you know Spotify a lot of those people are, are they're you know they're dumping their fees and giving the money straight to you know 
straight to the to the causes and hopefully a lot of the other people are doing the same thing you know i don't know about the i don't know but a lot of the venues are going to close they yeah i don't I saw, know that they're going to be able to survive dude i saw um there's a guy i met in san francisco his name is uh greg chow shout out to greg chow hey yo that's his instagram handle too he's a really killer photographer and i saw him post an article and it was like his his um his picture was the front of the article. It's basically saying like the venue was closing down. Uh, and he's like, dang, I didn't realize I shot my last show for this venue. Like cool that my picture made the cover, but last time I'm ever going to shoot there. Total bummer. That, it, that wasn't, was that Slim's? I think so. Yeah. 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 Slim's is closing. It's, it's, it's basically not due to the virus, but it, it it's partially is because of that. Slims is closing. That's what, you know, that's that place has been around for 60 plus years. That's crazy. And now it's, it'll be gone. Yeah. Yeah, man. I, yeah. And it's funny too. Cause I'm like, in many ways, I'm very boring, Mr. Funk. And I don't really go to a lot of shows. So I'm a little I, I don't, I don't go to them by choice. <laughs> <laughs> I go to see friends and I leave. <laughs> <laughs> nothing so against funny. anybody yeah dude at, at this point you've probably got like your kind of mo locked down for like every every city i imagine right yeah yeah it's yeah <laughs> the, the, the deep sigh <laughs> so you kind of like what what is uh what is what is a day in the life of my sans the corona fest aka fire fest but real life right now uh, what would what would a day like for Mr. Funk on the road? A day like for me on the road? Yeah, man. What's it like? Well, you know, we uh, we get up, <laughs> we have our coffee, we go in and we do our thing. We get everything set up, get all you know, get everybody going, get the gear going, get the crew rolling, do our advance work, make sure everybody's ready to rock and roll. Get set up for, you know, Chris does a VIP every day, 65 people, pictures, and he gets up and does three acoustic songs. We do all that. We do all the, make sure he's doing all this press. You know, it's doing everything, getting ready for the next day. The days are pretty full. We wear, you know, we wear a, we definitely, in this day and age, we wear a lot of hats. It's not just, yeah. a, you know, I'm not the, I'm not the tour manager that travels with the band and rolls with rolls in with the band and just hangs with the band. You know, I'm, I, I roll in it with the crew and work with the crew and work all day. And that's what we do. What, like, um, when did, geez, are you like one of those, um, first to wake up last to fall asleep kind of situations? Pretty much. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I don't know that I'm one of the last to go to sleep when I, when we're done at night, Chris, Chris goes to bed early. <laughs> I go to bed. Or I'm probably the second one to go to bed after that. The, you know, most nice. of the guys will sit around and, and have a beer and chit chat. And I'm pretty much, uh, I'm pretty, pretty toasted by the end of the day. I'm, I'm the early one to, I'm, I'm usually the early one to bed. Yeah. I've been it's there, simple. done that. So I don't really need to do it again. <laughs> I like your style, man. Well, it's painful to me. <laughs> I have my moments. I still do have my moments. You know, I'll go out with the crew occasionally with the band and we'll go out and fire it up on a night and I'll pay for it the next day and it's well worth it. But those are very, <laughs> those are very few and far in between. 
Well, I mean, that's kind of how we met, right? Yeah, no, it's true. We did. When you were with uh, Civilian. Yeah. So my old band back in the day, we were, it was after, uh, further did that Penny White or Penny Black record. Yep. And, uh, and we got to do that tour. That was really fun. That was awesome. That was a good, that was a good band too. You guys had, that was an awesome little band. Yeah. Thanks man. That was, it was a good time indeed. It was fun. We did. Was that now? We had a good time. We did have a good time. Now, let me ask you something. So, that setup was like you guys. I think were like more in like a van or something like that. We were in a van. Did you? Was there a part of you that was somewhat nostalgic about like kind of going quote unquote a little smaller production wise? Uh, I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah. There is, yeah, okay. but yeah. I mean, I don't miss the days of you. You, you got to remember, too, I come from the day of I started in a. I was never really in a van. I mean, the, you know, my high school, my high school days, I worked for my high school buddies. And, you know, and you can't really call that a van, the van days because, you know, that was just high school. And yeah. then after that, you know, we did shows here and there. And in the college days, you did shows here and there, but you can't really do that. And then I, then I went to work for a band called Riot's. That was the first national act I did, but never. I was never really in a van. I was in a truck. You know, I drove the crew truck, the the gear truck, and then we, me and and Hogue, who was the drum tech, we swapped out driving the truck, and then ride. You know, drive the truck for a couple of days, in the bus for a couple of days, drive the truck for a couple of days. But after that, I, I started doing like major tours you know i did i did rush for many number of years i did i did some kiss tours and i did every hair band in the 80s and 90s did that so i spent my entire life in arenas and on tour buses jeez so for 20 years i, I really never did anything but that so i mean you could call me spoiled but it wasn't spoiled because those those were hard days i mean we you know we loaded in at 6 a.m and we were done you know, twelve thirty one o'clock on the bus, and you know we did five, six, seven days in a row with five, six, seven trucks every day. So that, those were hard days. That was before, you know, that was before cell phones and all of that stuff. You you were in arenas every day, and it was it was a lot of work, but it was it was rewarding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was definitely rewarding. But and like you said, those were those were the days of real pure rock and roll, where it was you know like it's it was before all the internet and the, you know, the social media and people came to see shows and that's what, that's what you did. You put on big shows for them. So sick, dude. It's, it's like, it's so crazy to think about back then. I mean, so that's, is that 20 years ago was like towards the end of you doing arenas and all that? It is. Yeah. That's so nuts. I mean, I can't even imagine being on a tour. Talk about spoiled. I can't imagine being on a tour without a gps on my phone (laughs) well i can't i can't i don't know how i got around (laughs) because i can't get around now without a gps so how did i get around then i don't understand but you think about (laughs) it i was doing tours when most of you guys weren't even born (laughs) it's so crazy bro (laughs) it is i mean it's ridiculous some of the guys on on my crew now you know in my crew on dashboard i mean they they weren't even born when I was in, in, in doing tours. 
Dude, there has to be like nothing that happens now that makes you bat an eye. Like, I, I feel like you've probably. No, it's like it's most of the stuff now is milk and cookies compared to then. <laughs> it really is. It, Dude, you know, it's so five, five trailers doing an arena tour, no cell phones. I mean, nothing is hard for you now. <laughs> no, it's it's like I said, it's so much easier. Like, you know, it now it's like, you know, some, some days I get annoyed, you know, some. I mean, I love my crew to death. Some days they're like, oh, like, dude, really? <laughs> You're on a bus. There's there's 12 of us. You walk in at 11 o'clock. There, there's nothing that's that tough. It just it doesn't exist. Yeah. You know, you, you don't have to go in for a 4 a.m. rigging call and hang 80 points and hang Jeez. three trucks of lights, two trucks of audio, and then have two trucks of backline come in after you. It, it's just insane. It, it is. It's crazy. I mean, those tours are far and few in between right now, you know, because only b- big major acts do that now. Back then, yeah. it was 60% of the acts did that because that was the only way to travel. You know, every band did that. Well, is there is there a part of you that that misses that kind of vibe? of? Like, I do. I do. In a, in a way, I do miss that because it was it's very it's very militaristic. It's very structured. Everybody has, mm. everybody has a place. Everybody has a routine and, and, and it's so well oiled and, you know, there's so it, it's, it's really a beautiful thing to watch. And it, it, it was, it was definitely a lot of fun and a lot of camaraderie and, and the learning, the learning factor alone is huge. I mean, it's huge. You learn, yeah, I, you learn so much. I mean, you know, I have a lot of great mentors out there and I've learned, I mean, everything I know is from them. That's and, cool. that, and that's the thing a lot of these kids miss now. There's not a lot of that going on anymore. Like mentorship? Yeah. In that, in the finer aspects of, you know, the, of touring, you know, the, from the basics of whether it be backline or lighting or sound or, you know, the finer aspects of, how to how to set up trusses properly the safety the safety aspects of it how to how to set mm. up audio properly how to neatly and and nicely run cables and you know just to do it properly and and safely yeah a wow. lot of that a lot of that you know the finer aspects of that is lost in this day and age because Dude, I mean, not like a lot the- of people get to do big tours you know just yeah. Back then, it, it, there was there was a lot of people doing it. Now it's there's fewer people doing it. There's more, there's more, you know, there's more smaller, mid-sized tours going on because that's you know that's basically what what the market supports right now. Totally. I mean, yeah, I've, I toured for three, four years, and not once have I ever thought about proper rigging for truss or even <laughs> shit running my cables the right way. <laughs> I mean, I you know I still walk into even small shows and the first thing I do is look around and see and just look at everything and see what what's fucked up and what's not fucked up. It's just, <laughs> it, it's just a, ha- it's just a habit. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. just a habit. Is that, and, and so again, you, you were kind of saying like the art of it and like the, the nuance and the detail being like taught. That's not, obviously not something that you learn in a school of some sort. Cause even like a, 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 uh, what would they call it? Like a, a, a technical school for a specific thing, like audio engineering would right, be right. towards 
the studio or something like that. Um, but, but like, is, is what you do more of like a hand, hand, handed down type of art and instruction. And that's, it it is a handed down thing. It is definitely the the school of hard knocks. I mean, you, the only way to learn that is, is to go out and do it. You know, it, yeah. Like I said, when you have, (laughs) when you have three trucks of lighting, the only way you're going to learn to do it the proper way and the organized way is to jump in and do it. And if you, don't do it right. Somebody will get hurt or it's going to take you all day to do it. Jeez. Yeah. Well, if it takes you all day to do it, you'll learn really fast. Yeah. Because you get fired. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's a simple fact. You get fired. I mean, you know, and like I said, I'm not taking anything away from anybody because a lot of these big tours, they have extremely capable guys out there. There's a, I mean, there's a lot of rocket scientists out there now, but then again, that, that is another problem. There's a lot of rocket scientists. There's a lot of extremely intelligent people out there, but sometimes they're too intelligent. There's a lot of common sense lacking, but there still are on the, on the, I will say that, you know, you do the Rolling Stones. A lot of those two, my, one of my best friends is the LD on the Rolling Stones. He, he still jumps in and works, you know, he still looks after the crew. So I know for a fact there things are getting done right because he's still, he still enforces his ways of doing things. And I know things are safe and, you know, and that's the way it's done. And I'm, those guys are learning things every day. Yeah. And if, uh, if you're listening and you're not familiar, uh, Jack was saying LD, which is lighting designer, correct? Yes, sir. And usually those guys don't actually have to be too hands-on with things like, running stuff it's more of like a managerial type position in a lot of ways yeah i mean a lot of especially on you know something like the rolling stones i mean that guy can if he chooses to walk in and you know at half hour before the show and push buttons and do the show and leave he can yeah that's not what so that's not yo ethan weber ethan weber is the he's the lighting designer for the the rolling stones but that's not what he chooses to do he you know he He still looks after his crew. He helps them. He jumps in and he works. And that's, you know, he's an, he's an awesome dude. Yeah, that, that is really cool. And then what a great way to like, I don't know. It's like so easy to overlook the, in every job, there's a way to serve, you know, exactly. Do a job job where you're, you're not like you're, you could still be a badass and do an awesome job, but you're still helping people. You're still, pushing them, helping them grow yeah. and like teaching people being like a positive influence right. that it's every job has the capacity for that. And truthfully, I'd be lying if I said, I thought of a way an LD could do that. So that's really cool to learn. I mean, we, too. we come from that world where we got beat up and tortured and tormented, but that's how we learned, you know? So most of us that, that came from that world, we, we kind of, we kind of don't still do that, but we still, I mean, our biggest goal is to still teach people. Yeah. I mean, I still, you know, I still teach guys in my crew every day. Different, yeah. you know, like this, you know, this is not supposed to be that way, or this isn't supposed to be that way, or this should be this way. You know, so, you know, sometimes they call me mega brain. I'm like, dude, mega, <laughs> dude, mega brain this for us because, they, you know, they, they seem to think I know everything, which sometimes I do. But there's just there's a logical way around all of it. Yeah. You know, it's like simple things like loading a trailer or, you know, doing this or leverage on a box. It's like, no, do this, do that, do this. There's, you know, that those are things you learn. There, there, there's no reason why you can't teach people that. 
Why let them hurt themselves when, when you can show them a, a better way? Totally. And even you kind of said something, it's almost like you're teaching people how to think and not in a demeaning way, but more no, exactly. Like conceptually. Yeah. Use your, yeah. Use your brain. This is the law. There's laws of physics and those laws of physics are there to help you. Yeah. Make you a better person and not, not hurt yourself and make your day easier. Yeah. I'm totally. all about, I'm all about showing people how to do things and, 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 you know, sometimes they're impressed and they're like, Oh, wow, dude, that's, dude, that's awesome. And, you know, and it kind of makes you feel good. You're like, wow, that, that, that's awesome. How do you know that? It's like, well, that's, you know, you, I learned that when I was a youngster. <laughs> you know, I come from I come from the school of Bob C. You know, may he rest in peace. He was the he was the founder of C Factor. So back in the eighties, when I worked when I worked at C Factor, that guy that guy knows everything and anybody. We used to call him God on an orange box, but <laughs> he would make you do it fifty times. Yeah. Until you did it right. And there, there was a reason for that. You know, sometimes he was an asshole. And that's the way it was. But, you know, it's just like anything else. It's like in the military. They make you do it 50 times. But guess what? Sooner or later, it's ingrained into you so until you can't do it wrong. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely a, in like, a, I would imagine any martial art. But I know in like jujitsu, we do something called drilling where you, you'll do a movement or emotion over and over and, and over, over and over. Exactly. Hopefully and it becomes the... natural, a reflex. And that's how that's, yes. Yeah. That's why you become good at it. And that's, you know, it's like you say, that in martial art, it's, it's not about the offense. It's about the defense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And kind of knowing how to essentially pivot, which I imagine is a lot of like, I mean, yeah. Using your brain, but exactly. On the road is just kind of, you're constantly problem solving essentially. Right. Yeah, you're you're figuring out what <laughs> what is coming at you versus you going at them. Yeah. Yeah, you're trying to That's figure funny. out what your opponent is bringing towards you. So you you you're you're using counter moves to, to you know to figure it out. That's how you defeat <laughs> them, don't you? It's not Pretty who's much, the yeah. strongest, the baddest, and the best. It's, you know, who's the smartest and who can figure it out first. Totally. Yeah. I love it. I mean, I've, so, I've, I've been in trucks and, and, you know, loading into Madison Square Garden with Teamsters that way, you know, they're six foot four, 250 pounds and can, you know, who can lift a freaking tank. <laughs> and I can go into that, into that truck and tip the same box they can quicker and faster because I know how to use leverage and they don't, <laughs> it, you know, it's, and when you do that kind of stuff and those, those guys are like, they look at you and they have respect for you. They're like, dude, that's, that's awesome. But it's, it's all about patience and, and, you know, and not being demeaning to them. It's like, like, look guys, I, I do this every day. Let me show you how to do this. And they're like, Oh dude, that's awesome. And they learn it in it and as well. And they yeah. show people when they, you know, so when greeny weenies come in there in their trucks and they're trying to struggle to do this, that, you know, the teamster guys can go, Hey, yo dude, let me show you how to do this. And they do as well. Yeah. That's so it's cool. a benefit to everybody. Yeah. Well, I can definitely attest to your, your spirit in that regard, because when I met you, I feel like <clears throat> maybe it was the end of that further tour where you were just like, I basically was like, teach me things. You're cool. <laughs> Yoda, Yoda, how do I do this? Totally. 
<laughs> and you're like, oh, yeah, man, just hit me up whenever. And you, like, literally gave me your phone number and just told me to just call you absolutely whenever. Which I – that was probably my first experience dealing with someone in the industry, like promoters, like venue personnel, anyone, anyone, like TMs, whatever, of someone who is, like – kind and open in that regard which is really cool thank you yeah totally but that's what that's what we're you know that's that's the reason i'm still here i, I want to help people i want it's not it's not trust me if it was about money i wouldn't be doing this <laughs> you know I, I try, you know i would be a i would be taking care of a golf course or something you know, <laughs> you know, yeah, you know, I, but I enjoy helping people. I enjoy, you know, yeah, I enjoy like my, some friends of mine's band in Florida. It's a band called out of it. And, okay. you know, it used to be my next door neighbor and they're, it's, they're a pop punk band and they're starting to do really well. And he, you know, and my friend's son called Nick Nicholas calls me all the time and asks me, you know, and I'm happy to help. And that's the way it should be. Give them advice. How do you do this? How do you do that? What, what What's the next step? What do you do? That That's what it's all about. And hopefully they'll be successful. Yeah. And you, you can't ask for more than that. If they're successful, I'm successful. Yes. Yeah. I don't, I, 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 I'm I, not looking for a reward. I'm looking for them to have success. I want people oh, to hear the music. They're awesome. Yeah. I love that, man. Yeah. I keep coming back to that quote, man. Like, again, I feel like a, a broken record, but uh, what is it? A rising tide lifts all ships or whatever. Yep. And you're exactly right. Dude, such a cool man. I feel like the day you decide to get off the road and retire, you could probably start some sort of like mentorship thing. And I'm sure people would just eat it up in the best possible way. I want to start a mentorship with my dog. (laughs) She loves me. How how is your dog? (laughs) She's awesome. Uh, She's so awesome. Right. Yep. Yeah. Do you have you brought her on the road yet? She's like she's gone to rehearsals with us. You know, now this she doesn't travel well in the car. She has anxiety attacks. Uh, I rescued her yeah. when she was uh when she was three, and that uh-huh. she's a uh, she's a perfect dog in every way except for riding in a car. Which go figure. She wants to okay. go everywhere, but soon she gets in a car, she has a panic attack and anxiety attacks. And all mm. she does is bark and scream and 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 go stupid and chew everything in, in sight. So, so no, <laughs> you no. Know, I have to. What what I have to do is I have to put the crate in the car and put her in a crate and cover the crate up, and and then she's kind of calm. But you can't go like when I moved up here from Florida. Yeah. Uh, a year and a half ago, it we drove up here and it's what, let's call it a fifteen hour drive for fifteen hours. She barked. And didn't sleep for 15 hours. She had, so when we left, I went to, you know, I talked to my vet, you know, cause I've had the same vet for years and years. We talked to the vet and he goes, well, I'll give you some of these and we'll, you know, help you come. So when we left, I gave her a, it was like a five milligram, like a doggy volume. Yeah. By the time we got up here, she had five volumes in her. She still never slept, never calmed down. She chewed through a six pack of Coke. And barked for 15 hours. And if I would have been an asshole, she would have been on the side of the road. But because I was about ready to blow my brains out by the time I got here. Oh, dude, I can't. Yeah, we have two and, little dogs and they do that shit. But man, yeah. 15 but other than that, she's perfect. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, she's she's the most loyal, you know, you know, you know, the history of my two accidents. She's been through me both of my accidents, you know, when 
when I was killed in that motorcycle accident, she was with me the entire six months I was in that bed. She never left that bed for the entire six months. Mm. She was yeah. like the, the entire time. She doesn't, she didn't care about going out. Nothing. She was, she was, she's just that way. She doesn't run away. She doesn't do anything. You know, she's, she's by my side the entire time. She's, she's the most loving, loyal, dedicated person you could ever want. She's like a uh-huh. true road friend. She's awesome. Yeah. Dude, dogs, man, they have that, that special sense of kind of knowing. They do. She does. She knows. And she knows when you're not, you know, when I'm not feeling good or, you know, when I'm having a little bit of a bad day, you know, I have these really bad migraines. She knows when things are not going well and she's always there to stick her head, your her head in your lap and give you a little bit of comfort. And, you know, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Dogs are dogs are rad they're special yeah. we yeah. have uh they're like they're like, like kids always... <laughs> yeah i mean yeah have you always had dogs i have always had dogs you know i pretty much grew up with dogs so yeah yeah we uh our dogs are kind of like our dog situation's a little annoying but i do enjoy i didn't grow up with dogs but i enjoy seeing my kids grow up with dogs because there's like a fun little like they're they're friends yeah they are they 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 become very loyal friends to each other very yeah. comforting friends they were right the movies were right <laughs> <laughs> yeah you can't go wrong there can you no you can't well anyways all right dude well we're about 30 minutes into this thing uh feels like talking about dogs is probably a great place to wrap it <laughs> can't beat um, it with a good dog no you can't well, uh, before we close it up, um, I wanted to obviously say thank you for coming on. I really appreciate well, you hanging thank out. thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, dude. And then uh, how about you let, uh, let our friends know where to find you on the uh, internet? Well, you can find me on Facebook, Jay Funkster. Everything is Jay Funkster. Always has been, always will be Jay Funkster on Instagram, Jay Funkster on Facebook, Jay Funkster in life. Sick. Yeah, follow him, guys, and you can see some cute pictures of his dog, Stella, and see some stories from the road. He's always posting from side stage and kind of fun shenanigans with some of the dudes in his crew and stuff. Uh, but anyways, thanks again, Jack. I appreciate thanks it. Thanks again, Dan. I'm happy to talk to you anytime. Anybody out there you need any help, give us a shout. Ooh, cash in on it. He means it. All I right, I'll see gladly you, Gladly help anybody. All right, man, you take care. Thank you very much. You too. Thank you. All right, Bye. cheers.